I'm uh, Nicholas Bornolz of Capital Inc. And I would like to welcome you to the second day of our uh, Capital Inc. Operational Excellence in Shipping Forum. Uh, today's, uh, uh, today's sessions uh, are going to focus uh, to a large extent on one of the most critical topics uh, in shipping, about safety. We have been discussing about so many other topics, decarbonization, the human factor, operational efficiencies, and, and so on. But at the end of the day, uh, safety is the cornerstone of uh, shipping. And uh, we are going to dedicate a very good portion of today's uh, sessions on this particular topic on safety first. We are privileged to have with us uh, a distinguished group of panelists who are all together supporting uh, the effort to change the world and the industry is thinking about safety. But first, we're going to uh, uh, hear the keynote introductory remarks from Graham Henderson of Shell Shipping and Trading. And after Graham's um, introductory remarks, uh, we will proceed with the panel. I would like to thank Graham and of course the panelists and I will do so after the video. Uh, let's proceed with the, the video. It is wonderful to be with you all and a great pleasure to be opening the conference today. I'm going to talk about the most important subject for me and for you and for your business, and that is safety. I will start by explaining why safety is so important and why it must be at the centre of everything that we all do. In my mind, there are three reasons. They are firstly the statistical reason, secondly the business reason, and thirdly, well, what I'll call the real reason. Starting with the statistical reason. If we look broadly at global shipping, it has one of the worst safety performances of any industry worldwide. A UK study showed that being on a ship you're five times more likely to have a fatal accident than working in construction. Shipping also has a suicide rate that is six times worse than that of the UK population, and maybe even up to 15 times worse if you also include suspicious cases. But these are not just numbers. They refer to people, our people. And all of us in the shipping industry need to be part of the solution. The second reason as to why safety is so important to us all is the business reason. If you have an accident, it will cost you dearly in terms of both the direct and indirect costs. Even if you're insured, you will not get all your money back by a wide margin. There are also the things you cannot be repaid for, like the cost of delays whilst investigations are happening, loss of revenue, compensation costs, your and your people's time. The cost of the reputation of your company, your personal reputation. But just think that if you have a great safety performance and show that you care for your people, they will be motivated motivated to do a great job for you. 
They'll speak highly of your company. They'll speak highly of you. So we have the statistical reason and the business reason. Very compelling. But what is the real reason? I've worked for Shell in frontline operational roles in the UK, Nigeria, Syria, and twice in Brunei. It is those experiences that have brought home to me just how precious life is. I experienced many, many happy times, but also I'm sad to say some terrible accidents in the industry that have left families heartbroken. You may have seen the same. I know that many of you also read each day in the shipping news about horrific accidents. Those experiences and stories stay with us all. Our seafarers are also people. People like you and people like me, with families and children too. These seafarers work for us. They entrust their safety in us. And we need to look after them as if they were our family and our children. I know that every leader in shipping will want to improve the safety performance. But how do we do it? Shipping has many important industry groups, many ship owners and managers, and many related supporting businesses. But what became clear when speaking to those groups about safety is that something else needed to be done. Something that would bring all the various groups together. Something that would unite the shipping industry around safety and draw on the collective experience. So about two years ago, we formed a group called Together in Safety. Together in Safety is unique and comprises all of the shipping industry groups, including the International Chamber of Shipping, BIMCO, OKIMF, Intertanko, Intercargo, Interferry, Cruise Liners International, and the World Shipping Council. It also includes many shipping companies, such as Carnival, Gaslog, Euronav, Maersk, MSC, Shell, V-Ships, and also the UK P&I Club, Lloyd's Register, the Global Maritime Forum, and country representation through the Danish Maritime Council and Australian Maritime Safety Authority. Links have been established with the International Air Transport Association, IATA, and the Rail Standards and Safety Board, the RSSB, so that we can learn from air and rail industries. Together in Safety has developed a strategy centered around the core themes of leadership, accountability, training, and well-being and care. You can find out more on our website, togetherinsafety.info. Already on that website are many best practice guides that have been developed based on years of collective experience. Work is in progress to develop a data collection program to understand more deeply the underlying issues and develop corrective actions, which has been a key enabler to the improvements in safety in air and rail. 
We have a working group who are developing the safety aspects around the future fuels, such as hydrogen, ammonia, and methanol. And another area is in integrating the current initiatives around seafarer well-being and mental health and suicide to develop a single shipping approach. And we have much, much more planned and in progress. I am proud of the achievements of Together in Safety, and I'm excited about the continuing work that we will do in the future on the critical, important subject of safety. I believe that when we work together in the shipping industry, we can make huge strides. So I'm looking forward to working with you on this. I would encourage you and your organisations to come with us on this very, very special journey. Come and find out more about Together in Safety, how we can all work together and what we can give back to make shipping safer to ensure that safety is number one on everyone's agenda and always comes first. Graham, thank you very much for these uh, truly inspiring remarks. Uh, and uh, thank you for setting the stage uh, we are now going to proceed with our panel discussion. We have with us uh, a terrific group of very senior industry participants who are all, as Graham mentioned, uh, key contributors to the uh, Together in Safety initiative. And with that, I will turn it over to you. Um, and thank you to all of you for being with us and uh, contributing so much to the industry and also to today's uh, session. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nicholas. Um, thank you to you. Thank you to Capital Link for for this opportunity, which we um, which we really uh, really relish. Welcome um, to this discussion and um, a group of distinguished shipping industry leaders. Um, all of them are participants in Together in Safety. Um, just very quickly to introduce them as Bud Dar from MSC, Andrew Taylor from the UK PI Club, Sarah Waite from Shell. Graham Westgarth from V Group and Paul Wogan from Gaslog. Many, many thanks to you all for being here with us. And um, I'd like to get straight into the discussion actually, and let's start. And if I could ask all of you, where is safety on the agenda in shipping today? And why is it there? And Graham, can I go over to you first, please? Sure. You know, I often reflect on the past and uh, it's a symptom of age, I think. But, uh, you know, I was at sea from 1971 to 1989. And the culture then was very much just get it done, just get things done. Whereas now I think we've moved away from that and, and safety is without doubt uh, a priority in, in most shipping companies. And, and we have seen significant improvements because of that change in, in, in priority. What I would say, however, is that the, you know, the, there's still much to do. We still see far too many repeat incidents in, in key activities and closed space entry, mooring, unmooring. So, so we're not finished here. There's still a lot of work for us all to do. You know, when, I, when I think of some of the challenges, I, I Often there's a perceived challenges come across when due to unforeseen commercial uh, issues that may arise. Uh, 
And but I, I see that as an opportunity. That's an opportunity for leaders to really step up because these are perceived conflicts, not re not real conflicts, as you pointed out in your video, Graham. And it's it's an opportunity for leaders to step up and ensure priorities are, are clear. Uh, and then my final point, I think, is that you know we have the there's so much nowadays on decarbonization. So I am very you know, pleased that we have a conference of this nature focused on operational excellence. But I, I do think the, the, I have an underlying concern that decarbonization will take the focus away from safety as, a, as the number one priority. And we, we do need to keep that in mind and we, we need to be able to manage both. So the, the, just some high level thoughts and I, at that point I'll pass over to you both. Uh, thank you, Graham. And I, I fully agree with your, your comments that we've seen significant improvements in safety and, and also uh, that although decarbonization is an enormous challenge that we all have to rise to meet, uh, we should absolutely not let safety slip below the number one spot in the agenda overall. And I think we need to do both at the same time and, and uh, particularly decarbonize safely, which I think is um, there, there's some legitimate issues to be addressed there. Um, but although we've seen these improvements, and I agree, uh, we, we can't rest on this. There's much work still to be done, and some of the areas are more obvious than others where that work uh, rests. And um, the right level of safety, I don't think should ever be thought of as a, as a destination. I, I think it's much better thought of as a continuous journey. And, and those that think that they've arrived at the right level of safety, uh, I would argue don't really understand the concept because I believe the concept of, of safety has no such thing as perfection and it has to be a system of continuous improvement and a mindset of continuous improvement. Uh, the importance of this should never be understated. Uh, if you think about it, when things are going well, you never get anywhere near the extra credit for the accidents that were prevented or the value out of it uh, in, in anyone else's eyes than how greatly we suffer uh, to a large degree uh, for the accidents that do occur and we didn't prevent. High levels of safety, I don't think should ever be thought of as a goal. I think it needs to be more than that. I think it needs to be fundamental and part of our core, particularly in the type of business that, that we're all in. Uh, so thank you for the chance to comment, Sarah, over to you. Yeah, thanks, Bud. Um, in terms of uh, my, my thoughts, I, I've had the, luxury over the last uh, two to three weeks of being able to engage with some 400, 450 um, shipping companies. Um, and I'm certainly getting a real sense from them that safety is still very much um, on their agenda. Um, and of course, it, it's taken the direction at this time towards care, uh, care for our people, well-being for our seafarers, um, very much from a COVID standpoint. And I think uh, a standpoint, and I think that's, that's understandable, of course. Um, I'm certainly observing a collective focus um, of safety through the lens of, of care um, within the industry right now. But I guess my worry is that I worry about how that level of care will be sustained when we return to normal or when we find our new um, uh, modus operandi. Um, you know, will the, the industry maintain this high level of focus or will it drop and become overtaken by maybe commercial pressures or operational procedures as we, you know, the world gets back to normal? Um, so I think as the world picks up pace and the COVID pressures remain, and, and Graham, as you mentioned, as, as decarbonisation focus 
remains very strong. My, my thoughts is that we, we must be very mindful that, that safety doesn't fall down that list. And certainly, Bud, as, as you, you mentioned, you know, safety needs to be part of who we are, not just something that we do because we have to or because it's number one on our agenda. It has to be there and be part of our, of our world, of, of, of who we are. Um, Andrew, good to, to see you and, and hear your thoughts as to where you are with this topic. Thanks, Sarah. Um, yeah, from my perspective, from from the from the UK club's perspective, I, I can agree that uh, that safety remains high on on the agenda for for most companies. I think that's that's clear. And I, and I guess part of the question was what's what's driving that? What's the what's the reason for that? And I think you already touched on a few of those things in in the video, Graham. I think there are some external drivers there. There are things like reputation. Uh, that the world has changed and, and protecting our reputation and protecting our brand is now paramount for most for most companies and safety is a part of that and, and it's important because it just affects the way that different stakeholders see us whether it's uh, whether it's our employees or, or whether it's our customers or our lenders or investors even our insurers i might say um, you know safety plays a part obviously as to how we're seen and so it becomes a, a business critical thing um, and then I guess another external factor is the regulation. Again, you know, various industry bodies and others over the years have, have made great strides. Um, and I think as, a, as an industry, there's been good efforts at compliance and raising the bar of, of where we are with safety. But I don't, but I don't think that can be our target. Our, our target can't be just the minimum. Uh, it must be higher than that. And so that I think the mindset there is important. But they're the external points, but just also to, to, to follow on from what Sarah was saying, I think it's important not to lose the, the internal drives and, and the fact that um, the leadership around the, the industry really does um, want to promote safety and care for the individuals in the industry and, and the crew. So a couple of external features, but also an important internal one. Uh, Paul. Uh, thanks very much. I, I think for me, it's really good to know that you know, we're all agreeing that, that, that safety is going to be high on the agenda of most shipping companies. Um, but I would stress, I think it is most shipping companies. And, and I think we have some work still to do to make sure that it permeates throughout the whole industry. And that's where I like together in safety, because it actually is trying to bring the whole industry together to sort of make sure that we can have these high standards uh, uh, for, for everybody. I think for me, one of the big takeaways from the whole COVID situation has been generally the poor treatment of seafarers. Um, you know, you hear examples of seafarers who are ill on ships and are not allowed to go off and get treatment in hospital because people are, are worried about COVID. You know, we just should not be treating humans that way. And I think it's you know, it's easy to think about seafarers as, as a commodity, which is just dreadful. And, and you know, your point, Graham, in, in the opening remarks about these are people, these are human beings who we should have a duty of care for. So, you know, we shouldn't be doing this because it's our customers want it. We shouldn't be doing this because legislation asks us to do it. We should be doing it because we really care for the people um, who, who work for us and who deliver um, the service in into the you know, into the rest of the world delivering delivering the goods. So um, I'm really pleased that we're, we're, we have safety high up there, but I still think we do have quite a lot of work to do. Thanks, um, thanks everyone for those, um, th those 
points. Um, certainly, you know, picked up that, that safety remains high on the agenda, but it's, um, as a lot of you said, it's a more complex world, um, that the pressures from decarbonisation agenda, um, you know, not least also the pressures that have been brought on in terms of the last, the last year. Um, but as was uh, you know, very, very well reinforced um, by Paul there, you know, the, these are people, they're our people, and they're people like us. And I think the, the other key thing for me is that the role that we all play, and I think a lot of the people listening today as leaders, um, you know, everything we, we say, um, everything we ask for gets done. And, um, and I think that we, we need to take the right position within our companies and collectively in the industry to make sure that, um, that, that what we want to get done and that, that key agenda item of, of safety is not lost. So um, that, that leads quite nicely on actually is to, um, so all, all agreed on, on it remaining high and being important, but um, what do you see as the major barriers to improving the safety performance um, even further in, in shipping? Um, and maybe Bud, uh, to, over to you first of all, to, to give us your thoughts on this. Thank you, Graham. And, and first off, I. I would just like to follow up on, on Paul's comments. I, I just, I think we can't emphasize enough that we're not just talking about a resource like any other resource. And it is a critical resource for our industry. I mean, these are people. These are people that have, you know, families just as we do. And uh, in, in a lot of companies, the culture is they feel like family members. They deserve to be treated like family members. They deserve to be protected like family members. And I think it's incumbent on all of us as leaders in the sector to, to do our very best to, to make sure that they, um, they're protected and, and from a variety of perils, including some we could have never really anticipated uh, because of the recent pandemic, as Paul pointed out. So to, to your point about barriers, you know, I think the, the easier problems to solve are, are the ones that actually have technical solutions. You know, do I add an extra you know, layer of fire insulation? Do I add an extra fire monitor or an extra lifeboat or improve a lifeboat? You know, those are engineering solutions. And, and I think, um, although I don't want to underestimate the value that's provided through those processes, those are easier problems to solve. Uh, the genuinely hard problems are the ones that rely on how our people, and when I say that, I mean both shoreside and at sea, uh, interact with our equipment and their operating environment. We sometimes, I think in our sector, because it is complex and it is somewhat diverse in, in, in how we operate and, and what our ships look like and the service they're on, um, we can be a bit too myopic in, in our views around uh, particularly both the human factor impacts and, and also safety culture more broadly. And, and, and those are um, the hardest challenges to, to successfully address. And so I think it's to our benefit to think on a wider level. Uh, and I think we can learn a great deal by looking out beyond our own bridge windows and, and taking inspiration from others. Because when you think about the underlying human factors and safety culture elements that go into the pathology of any particular accident or uh, the successful road to preventing accidents, uh, we can really learn a lot from others. And, and I give some examples of um, the medical sector, nuclear, chemical, aviation, some of which Graham mentioned a little bit in his opening remarks. Um, but, you know, this is particular 
particularly poignant where the hardware may be much different in how it looks and feels and, and how it's designed, but the reliance on people in those sectors where it is an equal or greater challenge have a lot to offer. And I'll, I'll just give you one example. When I was leading a uh, safety culture effort in, in the cruise industry some years ago in a prior job, um, I, I was really captivated by a medical safety expert we had come in and speak to us. And um, the amount of preventable medical errors that turn out to be fatal is such a fertile ground for improvement. And then as I listened to this expert describe how they had made improvements, largely what they were describing was the existing dynamic where say a thoracic surgeon walks into the operating suite and you know there may be eight people on the team there, but everyone is so deferential to that thoracic surgeon that they don't speak up and properly support and act like a team and act like the safety of that patient is equally everyone's responsibility. And I thought, wow, that actually sounds a lot like the dynamic, on, um, which is somewhat old school, but it still exists to some degree of when the captain walks on a bridge. And if um, we think about that analogy and you think about the consequence in the medical sector, there's some research in the US that says that they're reasonably are over 250,000 medical air fatalities in the US alone uh, on a given year. Um, there's a lot to be gained there. And there is really, really good data for those that have made an effort to actually implement safety culture programs to try and break through these traditional barriers of how humans interact with each other and the equipment that they're trying to use in that case to, um, to save a human life. And so um, I just use that as one example. I came early in my career from, from the nuclear field, and, and there are numerous examples there of how uh, we successfully address culture. And I think you can, uh, you can translate some of it. We're never going to be any of those other industries, and we shouldn't think that we are, but we can learn a lot from them and vice versa. Um, so uh, with that, um, Sarah, I'd like to turn back to you and hear your thoughts. Yeah, thank you so much, Bud. Um, I love your comment, Bud, around um, taking inspiration from others and very much along uh, similar lines. Uh, for me, I see the biggest opportunity that we have uh, in the shipping industry uh, is this ability to, to unite, to unite as one and reap the benefits of scale that we have as an entire industry by developing and by sharing um, our, our best practices for all the industry to access. Um, and the, the, the only barrier that I really see in the work that I do um, within the Together in Safety program is, is our desire to come together as that one unit, working together for the greater good of our, of our industry. And there is so much great work going on out there right now um, from a safety perspective, wonderful work taking place. Um, but more often than not, what I'm finding is that it's kept within each individual sector within the industry, um, really with only that single sector having the benefit. Um, and yet many of our safety challenges, uh, many of our safety learnings transverse across all of these sectors. So for me, I think this is really where our biggest win lies. This is the, the biggest win that we have, but equally it's the biggest barrier that I see preventing us uh, at this moment in time. Andrew, uh, over to you. Thanks, Sarah. Um, 
Yeah, I was, I was I was thinking on what Graham said at the start about looking back into history, and 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 actually, of course, there have been you know, large numbers of safety improvements over a, over a long period of time. So it's quite an interesting question as to what would stop us from continuing that. And you know, there's, to me, it sort of feels twofold. One is how do we how do we continue with the with the improvements that we see. And then secondly, on Sarah's point, how do we ensure that they're spread out to the widest possible group of people? How, how do we kind of get everybody involved? And, and I guess that first question, to some extent, does come down to ensuring that we maintain a, a full focus on safety. And it does remain our number one priority because we are in a world where the priorities that are facing us just seem to explode on a day-by-day basis. And, and we're, we're always looking at new issues and new problems. I, I guess some are as old as the hills. Um, how, how do we operate efficiently and, and how can we justify um, further costs? And, and that will always be a question. And, and some of them are very new. And, and we've already talked about um, the sustainability and environmental concerns and new fuels and, and how we're going to operate um, going forward. And some of those things, of course, aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Some of the um, environmental concerns have a direct play into, into safety. If we, can, if we can run safe ships and avoid incidents, then that can only be good for our environmental credentials and particularly how we protect the oceans, of course. So, so they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but I do think it means that we have to be very deliberate about holding safety as as our key objective and our number one priority because if not it could easily be overwhelmed by all the other things that are that are going on so I think we do need to be quite deliberate and then the, the second side about that spreading it kind of picks up what what Sarah was just talking about um, but I think there's a there's a risk that we simply don't um, collaborate um, as much as perhaps we could uh, and, and we just don't share the information that, that we could. So you know, we do see the, the safety improvements, but if they are just limited to, to a sector or to an area or whatever it might be, then we're not getting the full benefit from it. And, and the question then is how can we ensure that we do um, share that best practice or, or, or share the lessons that we've learned from incidents that we have seen or, or share the information and the data that would help us better understand the kind of things that could go wrong or, or indeed the, the, the indicators that something might be about to go wrong. And also, how do we respond to that? Um, and, it, and it's those sort of areas of collaboration that I think are the key to ensuring that as a as the wider group as possible, we can we can ensure that we're all moving up that, that safety bar all of all of the time. And if we can bring together the, the different perspectives and the different information. Um, it's just a matter of how we then share that knowledge and, and experience and, and bring it out for the benefit for all. And, and I think Bud's point was a very interesting one as well about mm. that's just within, within the shipping industry. But then how about when we bring in the other industries? How about when we bring in, okay, different technologies, but still it's still people reacting to difficulties um, in a short space of time in the same way that, that we are across all industries. And so how do we bring that kind of human element and an experience of different industries into our thinking as well. So yeah, two thoughts of deliberately, very del being very deliberate about our safety goal and then, and then collaboration. Thank you, um, Andrew, Sarah, Bud, some really great points there, um, very much around this working together um, as one unit. 
Um, you know, how do we collaborate? Um, maybe not something we do so well in shipping. Uh, maybe other industries do do better. And then moving on to that, this this thing, as Bud had mentioned about learning from others. You know, how do we how do we do some of these things, and what are the the, the main priorities? And then, um, as Andrew had mentioned, these these competing priorities that we've got. You know, how do we get how do we get focus? Um, and 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 really drive this forward. So some great great points there, and, and that leads nicely on into into the next question that I've got, is is really looking at what's changed in safety over the last ten years, and and as a result of that, and as is mentioned by our the whole panel so far, is um, you know where should we focus to drive improvements? And maybe Paul um, to get your thoughts on this one, to start. Yeah, thank you. Um I think sort of rather than taking the, the first bit of the question on a technical level, more on a philosophical level, you know, without a doubt, safety has moved up the agenda for, for the vast majority of shipping companies. But I think as I as I as I talked about previously, that it is the majority, but there are still some, I think, outliers there. So how do we get that sort of view throughout the whole uh, organ, you know, through the whole of shipping? Because there definitely is still uh, room for improvement without a doubt. Um, but I do think there's been an inherent mind shift as well, which has gone away from the fact that, you know, shipping's a naturally dangerous business where accidents are going to happen. Yeah, kind of, you just accept it, you try and keep them down. To one where I think everyone's striving to have zero accidents. And I think that mindset and that mind shift is really important because, you know, that acceptance that accidents will happen, you know, was, I think, a, a real bane on, on our industry. But as you said, Graham, in the opening, we still have one of the worst safety records of any industry. You know, we can't get away from that. So, you know, we have to continually find ways, you know, taking the second part of your question, how do we go forward from here? What is it that we're going to do to, to, um, to make those improvements? I think one of the first things I would talk about, and I know it's something that, uh, you know, is together in safety and the partners in safety, which, which Shell drove originally, was around leadership and leadership in safety. And I think that's something that, you know, we've taken on board very much. In fact, when Graham Westgarth was, was working at Gaslog, he introduced Take the Lead, which was our safety program. And it was all about leadership uh, in safety, not only from senior management, but throughout the organization. And it goes back to what Bud was talking about in the operating room, where everybody should feel that they're a leader in safety and be able to challenge that surgeon they should be able to challenge the master on safety because we all have to take responsibility for our co-workers and take leadership in safety so i think that that movement towards leadership is is really important and i think the second thing that we can do better is think about mental health the other point you made in the opening graham was around the suicide rates um, of seafarers how high it is and and understand some of the pressures which our seafarers are working under and you know most accidents happen because some element of human you know um, mismanagement or whatever if you have seafarers who are not mentally alert mentally on their game who have got concerns who are feeling depressed or suicidal you're going to have accidents so a real focus i think on the mental health of our seafarers and you know it's great uh, in recent years we're much more happy to talk about mental health. People are much more happy to reach out for help 
with mental health. And I think if we can start to address some of that issue, I think that's really going to help us as well in terms of getting the safety uh, record of the industry uh, better you know, and preventing accidents. Um, so I think, um, Graham, what are your thoughts? Uh, Graham, mute, Graham. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Thanks for recollecting Take the Lead. I hope it still exists. <laughs> so, uh, so if I think a little bit about what's changed over the last 10 years, I, I, I think there's, you know, first of all, society's changed. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And the, you know, what, what, what was accepted 10 years ago is not acceptable today. And, you know, but I think there's also been some more, more institutional factors around shipping. It, you know, OKIMP, I think, have been, uh, have really worked hard at setting standards in the tanker industry. Uh, and I think that mantle has been taken on board by the various lead, uh, the, the various industry organizations, many of, or, or if not all of whom in, are involved in together in safety, really developing best practice and becoming more and encouraging the members to become more and more proactive. You know, I think the legislation, we've seen the IMO, uh, you know, bring in legislation and you can argue about the effectiveness or the speed of execution of IMO, but ultimately it, it certainly played a part in, in, in moving the industry for, forward and in, in, in the, the safety agenda. So, and I, I think the final point on that is that there is definitely more leadership and understanding and involvement. And, and to the point you made, Graham, is recognition that safety is good business. So, so I think, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's becoming more and more prevalent and relevant, I think. But if I think about going forward and where we need to focus, and, and that's, and, and we really encourage you to hear all of the discussion about seafarers. But the reality is we, we, we live in a very, very complex world and, and, and the shipping environment isn't immune to that. Uh, and, and in fact, you could argue that it's even more exposed than, than, than other industries. And the, that's resulted in, I think, more and more demands from our seafarers, you know, to a degree where sometimes I feel that, that under certain circumstances, they must feel overwhelmed. And, and, you know, just to give you an example, I don't know how many incident reports I've read where a root cause is failure to follow procedures. And then you say, well, how many procedures are there? Oh, well, there are 650. So could any of us remember 650? It's an arbitrary number I've just made up, but could any of us, but, but I'm guessing it wouldn't be too far from the truth. Could any of us remember 650 procedures? But, but that's been the result of the legislation, the requirements that have been developed over the years, all in the best interests and all by very professional, dedicated, committed people. But somehow, I think that we need to find a way to make our seafarers' life simpler. I, we need to find that path that allows them to execute their job in a way that they don't feel overbur overburdened by the, the, if you like, the, perif the peripheral requirements that have been imposed upon them. But they actually feel that the, the material or the support they're getting helps them do their job safely and effectively. And of course, we also need to provide an environment where they understand that and they understand that they, 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 they will be fully supported by the company that sits behind them. 
And I really think that this is where this is where together and safety can help. And, and it's certainly, I think, an agenda item that we, we need to continue to push forward. So I think, Graham, it's probably back to you now. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks very much, uh, Paul and Graham, for those those insights. You know, really picked up this importance of leadership, which um, which which you also mentioned earlier, and that um, you know, if the if the leader in the organisation can really permeate through this, um, the importance of safety, and um, uh, and and that, then it, um, it it really does does matter. And then this um, this this thing about simplicity, um, things getting more and more complicated. I mean, how many times are there um, incidents, and the, um, the the result of the incident is to add more procedures, as you say. Uh, but coming back to that is is this mental health aspect, um, the pressures, and how much are those incidents actually um, the result of mental health type related um, aspects, and really understanding much more why do people do what they do so um some some um some good things there which um also we can pick up in together in safety and and then just um just on together in safety uh, what role do you see um the 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 group the industry group that has been formed um and is really driving forward what 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 role do you see it can play to improve the safety performance um in shipping and Maybe we're, we'll move to each of our panel members because I know they're very passionate, uh, like I am, around together in safety. And maybe Andrew, um, start with you. Thanks, Graham. Yeah, it, uh, it's 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 been an interesting conversation around the various questions, isn't it? And, and actually thinking back to that barriers question, I think you know that the point around how do we keep safety as being very high in our agenda and how do we ensure that that focus on safety was kind of an one area, but then Sarah brought out that, that need for collaboration across the industry to make sure that we can um, ensure that you know, things are, are pushed to, to everybody and all the best practices shared and, and so on. And I, and I think that um, that's what Together in Safety is all about. It, it's all about um, ensuring that best practice and um, and new ideas and, and fresh information and so on is, is shared collaboratively around um, the industry as a whole. Um, and, it, and it also helps that focus on safety by, by bringing us back to that every time. It also helps a little bit with the cost barriers because there's so much information now available um, and, it's, and it's easy to get hold of and, and can help with that as well. So I think it's, it's really a unique forum. It's, uh, it's, it's got all those bodies on the, that, uh, that you mentioned in the video. Um, which is which is completely unique and completely focused on on safety issues, and I think it is the breadth of of that um, forum and the, and the number of people involved um, that that make it that make it what it is. So, so I, I see together in safety as a way of leaping over some of those barriers that we talked about earlier on, and and moving forward all of us um, together as as, a, as an industry. And it's it's strong already. There's there's lots of there's lots of people involved, lots of strong support. But actually, I think the effectiveness will only grow the more the more that come in, because um, the more people that can be involved, the better. And it and it just enables that even broader sharing of, of ideas and views. So so I really do see it as a as an opportunity to to get involved and, and leap over some of those things that may prevent us from um, ensuring a safer future. Um, perhaps I'll move to Paul. 
Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, I think the fact that probably we're all here today, uh, you know, kind of almost representing together in safety tells you all you need to know about how important we think it is and how good. I mean, I, I just think it has a huge part to play. Um, it's the first time I've been involved in, in 30 odd years in shipping in, in safety discussions with peers from other sectors of the industry. And, and I love the fact that we get, I get a different perspective and I get a different point of view. Um, so, you know, really great that it's broken down some of those barriers, which I think, you know, are false barriers within shipping and actually bringing people together on a really important, important topic. Um, you know, and, and that idea of getting to one safety standard in shipping is one that I think is crucially important uh, for, for everyone. You know, and I think uh, to, the, to the example of the airline industry, you know, in the airline industry, it's required that you report your incidents, you share your accidents, you share your learning, everybody learns from it, everybody takes it on board and makes sure that that doesn't happen again. And it isn't uh, in shipping, you don't have to necessarily report incidents or share the information. And my question is, why not? why the hell don't we do that? Because we can all benefit from doing it. And Together in Safety, I think, is, is pushing that way. And it's starting to be a platform where we can actually start to make people change their mindset towards, let's not hide these things. Let's get them out in the open and let's learn from them. They're not there to beat us with a stick. They're there to learn from as we go forward. So I think a pan, uh, pan shipping platform like Together in Safety pushing forward towards that openness and that sharing of information, best practice, and the learning that comes from it is crucially important. Um, and so with that, Sarah. Yeah, thanks very much, Paul. Um, and, and I'm going to ask for the liberty here, Paul, of taking off my shell hat and putting on my Together in Safety program manager hat here, because this is when I get animated and come alive. This is, this is, I love this bit. Um, you know, Together in Safety, I feel, can play a, a crucial role in, in bringing the industry together. You, you heard me earlier about this need to unite as one, and certainly I see Together in Safety as a wonderful platform to do that, um, with that strong focus on safety leadership, uh, accountability, uh, and collaboration. I, I know that through Together in Safety, there are already a number of, of safety best practices that are readily available. Um, and remember, these are free to access as well to every single in person, every single company, every single um, individual involved in the shipping industry. Um, and these best practices include anything from uh, safety leadership behaviours, um, key safety golden rules, um, safety learning and training tools, uh, the well-being and the mental health resources that we spoke about so much today, um, and and also through um, to to uh, your point earlier, Paul, this, this you know this need to capture information, and there is a free incident data capture platform that is available through Together in Safety, and I strongly believe that by openly sharing all of these wonderful resources so that any shipping company, big or small, can freely access these materials. That's where I do believe that we have the ability as leaders to make such a real difference um, to the safety of our people in shipping and, and you know, ultimately to the waters that we all share. So you can hear my passion, you can hear my energy about this. Um, and, and we just need, we've got a number of best practices available. Um, we need more. There's so much out there that we still don't know about that we as Together in Safety are looking to 
you know, bring in um, so that we can then promote it and share it out to everybody so that everyone has access. Graham, I know you share this energy with me because we've been together in our Together in Safety journey since the very beginning. So i uh, love to hear your thoughts. I think you're on mute again, Graham. I'm not good at this. And it, you know, this little banner came up and said we only have, uh, I think, about two minutes left. So I'll do this in 30 seconds, actually. It's easy because really much of what I believe in is already being said. But if I had to have three headlines, there would be, it's, it's, a, it's a platform that allows us to develop best practices across the industry uh, in a standard way. Uh, and under, underpinning that, hopefully we can develop some, uh, what I would call simplified safety processes that, that can be made available to our seafarers and make their life a little easier. Uh, I think it's a forum for sharing best practices. Uh, and I, I think that does that very well. And, and I think also it, it's, a, it's a conduit to interact with other industries as one body as opposed to disparate bodies. Because I think Bud said it very well, we have a real opportunity to learn from other industries. And that's my 30 seconds. Very well, I think that just leaves me. So um, first of all, uh, if you hear the passion from Sarah, you could, you could tell that she's been somewhat of a protege of Graham Henderson, who um, I would never wanna compete with Graham Henderson on passion. And uh, I'm so pleased that he's taken up this cause because it, it's easy uh, to be, uh, joining him and, and Sarah on this journey uh, because it's so important. Uh, a couple of quick comments for me is I, I think that through Together and Safety, uh, we can add particular value on emphasizing safety culture and human factors. Again, those are the real hard things and probably uh, require um, a lot of collaboration to figure out uh, how the people interact with the environment and equipment is, is really the key to that. And I think that there's a genuine value collaborating both in ideas and in making available tangible practical and timely information products to help both ship owners and seafarers in their efforts to continue to reduce safety risks. And uh, it's a journey I'm really happy to be on. It's an organization that I'm, I'm pleased to be a part of and fully support. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, everybody. Um, a really wonderful discussion, very rich discussion, some great points there. Um, just huge thank you, and um, let's hand back uh, to, to Nicholas. We're spot on time. Thanks, everybody. Well, a very big thank you for me as well, and clearly there can be no shipping without safety. And uh, congratulations to all of you for spearheading this effort. And of course, uh, Captain Link is uh, gratified, grateful to be able to contribute uh, any way we can to support uh, your passion, your mission, and your objectives. And thank you very, very much. Thank you.